Hey, welcome back. Glad you're with us. Pleased to welcome in uh, Chris Spatola, who never has an issue like that. He's calling the game for ESPN2 tonight, uh, Baylor and Kansas State. And Chris, appreciate you being on with us today. It is my pleasure, absolutely. <laughs> you are very kind. Are you in Waco, or is this remote for you tonight? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, my friend. I yeah. have traveled uh, for a game in... I think about a month and a half oh my I gosh. went to Morgantown, man. So, right. yeah, we're at, we're at home for this one again tonight. That's what I thought. That's what I would have guessed. Uh, you you got to be getting pretty good at doing games remotely. Well, you know what? Look, at the end of the day, I would still be rather be in the arena, and I, I think, you know, obviously the best service we can do a game is by being there. But I, I got to tell you, there are some nice little perks of, of doing it from <laughs> right. home. The meal is better. Yes, uh, yes. Usually, I got my own bathroom. <laughs> I did the uh, I did a game the other night. Uh, it was a uh, Oklahoma State game, and a uh, game ended about eleven fifteen. I was in bed by eleven twenty. I mean, that's, now that <laughs> that's is right. a big big benefit. That's pretty good. Now that that is a big plus. Where where do you live? Where's home base for you? I'm in Hillsboro, North Carolina, which oh, okay. is right, uh, yeah, right near Raleigh and Durham and Chapel Hill. Yeah, great, great, very good. All right, uh, Baylor, uh, K State coming up tonight. Uh, Bears won this one pretty decisively back in December. It was Baylor's conference opener back then, um, but you know, nobody's taking anything for granted. You know, Baylor is preparing for this game like it was the national championship. Uh, do you get that feel talking to Coach Drew and our coaches? Yeah, you know, the feel I get is is old teams, great teams, they, they never play to the opponent, they play to a standard. And, and that's the great thing about Baylor right now. I mean, they have a, they have a standard of play uh, and a culture that, you know, they, they'll show up for anybody and they're going to give their best effort. And they have, you know, all the, I don't want to give you all the coach speak, but you guys know what it is. I mean, they, they've got habits that it, it doesn't matter who they're playing, they're going to line up and play and, and give their best. So, uh, you know, and look, Kansas State, they've got Nigel Pack coming back tonight. He's been out with COVID. And so, uh, you know, you got another ball handler for them. Um, so, I, you know, Baylor's going to show up. There's, there's no doubt about that. That's one of the pluses for teams this year, isn't it? The, the veteran teams, the teams that have some older guys, I think that's a real benefit going through this season. It is, yeah. I, I think in, in any season, but, but obviously this one, I, I think it's been, it's been heightened. Um, you know, because I think you can, you know, one of my things, guys, with we're, we're forced to talk about Kentucky and Duke and, and so often and, and what's wrong with them. And we have to put them on the couch and, and psychoanalyze those teams. And, you know, I'm a big believer in process. And I think some of these teams, particularly as college basketball has gotten younger, that have said, hey, look, we're going to chase the young talent and, and hope year over year the results will, you know, will give us sort of the reason for doing that, for mm. lack of a better way to describe mm. it, as opposed to buying into process. And one of the things I respect so much about Scott Drew is they are very much invested in that process and, and how they go about identifying under-recruited, undervalued players, how they value the transfer market, but they, they, they are very targeted in how they go about that. They're very invested in the process. And you guys know, I mean, when you're – when you invest in that, then all of a sudden there's equity build up and, and you, you play harder and you're you know, you're more you're just more invested overall. So I yeah, I think it is this year especially, if you've got guys who have invested in that process prior to this pandemic, well then you can weather whatever comes at you. 
Yeah, I like that. I agree with that 100% also. Chris, uh, what what you've seen Baylor uh, before and seen us this year, what do you like best or what is the best part of this Baylor team? Yeah, you know, one of the things I've, I've tried to look at for tonight's game, you know, everybody's got to take on Baylor because they're so good. And, huh. and so everybody has weighed in on what they do well. And so I won't repeat what we know they do well. Here's what impresses me the most. First of all, their unselfishness. Mm-hmm. And unselfishness with a team that is has three ball-dominant guards. You rarely see that. There is no jealousy. I mean, there's no jealousy – uh, I mean, I'm telling you guys, but, you know, at least my impression, if there's a guy that's got a hot hand, they're going to ride that guy. And the other guys are going to make sure that that happens. Uh, we, we know what their big guys do. You know, you just don't find uh, – part of being a really good screener is being unselfish. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, all those big guys, are they're so unselfish in how they go about doing that. So that's the first thing, the, the unselfishness. Um, and then again, like – how they've gone out and they've identified these guys. Like, Jonathan Chamwachachua is, is a perfect example. Like, I, I didn't watch a whole lot of UNLV games when he was there, but <laughs> right. I watched enough to know, good player, never expected he would make the jump that he has. And, and here's the thing that sticks out. My experience with international players, guys, is that they, they don't – they try hard and they want to do what's right, but they don't always know what right looks like, and they definitely do not know how to talk the game. And rotations, particularly defensively, don't come naturally. The thing with him is he talks the game. He's quarterbacking the defense in certain circumstances. He, he knows exactly where he is supposed to be. That's very rare for that type of a player. And so, you know, again, it gets back to this targeting of the right guys who are going to fit in. Uh, and I think those two things, unselfishness and just having the right chemistry and how they've gone about finding that are, are two of the things about this specific team that stand out to me. Chris Batola, our guest, ESPN, uh, Sirius XM Radio. He'll call the Baylor K-State game in the Farrell Center tonight. Chris, one of the things we've been talking about is with all these games being canceled in the Big 12, how are you going to get them in before conference, uh, the, the conference tournament begins? And I know that's something that probably all everybody is looking at in general but do you see a scenario where a conference might not be able to get their conference tournament underway before uh, the NCAA tournament begins? You know what? It's a, it's a great question. I, I don't I don't know because here's what they're doing, and and not only are they going to get them in, they're fitting them into the, into TV windows. So, like for example, uh, I have a very busy February, <laughs> most of which is occupied with Big Twelve games, and some of those games are being called, for example, at two o'clock on a weekday. Mm-hmm. or 5 o'clock on a weekday. So they're, they're going to get the games in, and I think the priority as we continue to, to debate conference tournaments and you know whether or not they're superfluous or, or whether we should have them or whatever, um, I think the priority is to get these, not these conference games in, these regular season games in. And as we get deeper into February, okay, what is the practicality of doing a conference tournament? I've talked to enough coaches, and I think it's more of an academic argument that some teams are going to opt out. I don't think that teams are going to opt out of a conference tournament. If a conference says we are doing this, and here's how we're going to endeavor to do this, I don't think you're going to have teams opt out because I don't think the conferences will put the teams in that position. So if, again, it's an ongoing conversation, I think it's a deeper conversation for mid-majors. You know, how they come up with their automatic qualifier. Are you just going to tab the best team in the conference? 
or are we going to do home sites? You know, how mid-majors endeavor to do that, I think, is a little bit more of a task. I don't know the answer on whether or not we will have conference tournaments definitively, but I do know that we're going to get these regular season games in, and then everything else after that will, will be determined. And looking at the, the the field as a whole, I'm pretty sure no matter wherever you're at in the nation, you ask the two best teams uh, are obviously going to come back, Baylor and Gonzaga, in whichever order. But with the SEC Big 12 Challenge coming up on Saturday, we were talking about how good Alabama has been this season. Who are some other teams that have impressed you that might be under the radar? Yeah, Alabama's a, a really good one. Um, are you talking in the SEC? Just in general across the landscape of college basketball. Yeah, I mean, you know, look, I I would go if you go just to the um let me think here. I don't have my my stuff in front of me. Um I mean, look, I I think in the in the ACC you've got some teams, you know, like a Virginia Tech for example, who's I think been you know, the last couple of weeks hasn't been as good as they were to the start of conference play, but that's a team that you know, I think they'll finish the year well and even as you get into you know, the postseason, that's a team that fits a profile. They play really hard. Their defense is going to, is really good and going to travel. Uh, that's a team that, that I really like. And I, I think a team that could, uh, could make a good run. You know, another team to keep an eye on, guys, and a team that, that was a real story early in the year because of Keontae Johnson going down. Um, but a team that has started to, you know, life after Keontae has started to figure out is Florida. You know, they, they pounded Tennessee uh, about a week ago, and, and I think they're starting to figure out, okay, some guys have ascended to different roles. Um, I, I think that's another team, if you look at them just in that SEC Big 12 Challenge, another team that I, I think can make a run here by the end of the year because, you know, obviously you think about what they had to go through when he went down, and then, I mean, he's a preseason player of the year in that conference. How do we, we move on without him? Um, so that's, I think that's another team. Florida's starting to come on here. Chris Patola, our guest. Uh, ESPN will call the game tonight. Baylor and Kansas State. It's on ESPN2. Uh, Chris, back to our league and uh, nationally. Uh, do you think the Big 12 is getting uh, you know, the respect that uh, I think that it deserves nationally? With we've, I mean, we've had five teams in the top 15 for much of the year. Yeah, I, look, I think it is. I don't think it was getting the respect it deserved early in the year. And, you know, everybody falls in love with the Big Ten. And, look, I got it. Like, there, there, are, there are good teams at, at the top of that league. But, first of all, there's like 100 teams in that league. So the margin for error is obviously very wide. Um, the teams at the top of that league that are good aren't as proven. You know what I mean? Like, I want to see some of these teams actually do it in the postseason. I mean, I, I, I like Iowa. I, I get it. Um, but I want to see them actually do it here in the postseason. That's my problem with the Big 12. When you go pound for pound, a 10-team league, I think the top half of the Big 12, I don't think was getting the respect it deserved early in the year. I think we're starting to come around to that. And, and obviously we'll find more out in February. But the, the thing with the Big 12 guys, as you know, all those teams at the top, whether it's Baylor, Texas, Kansas, Texas Tech, West Virginia, all those teams at the top share the same DNA. They're not reliant on freshmen. They defend, they rebound, and they have really good guards who are old. I mean, especially Baylor and Texas. Like, that's the, the thing that Texas and Baylor share is they have really old guards that, that are really talented. 
So I, I think the league is is getting the respect it deserves. I didn't like it early, and I was pretty vocal about that because I think pound for pound, give me the Big 12 before you give me the Big 10. Uh, but I think we're starting to come around to, to that respect for the league. One of the teams I, st- I still feel like is being disrespected is Oklahoma State. When you look at the wins they've had, I mean, they, you know, you beat a can- good Kansas team. You push Baylor until the second half. Um, you have a star player in Cunningham. But you're not, they're not cracking the top 25. That just makes no sense to me. Yeah, well, here, here's you know, where I think people got a little bit off kilter with them. They've had a hard time finishing games. So even in games they won, like, for example, in the Kansas game, they were up 16 in that game, and it ended up come de- coming down to the final possession. They were up 19 on West Virginia and ended up losing that game. And so I think a lot of people backed off. And then, you know, not having Cade over the last couple games – I think, you know, it's kind of a wait and see. Here's the other thing. It gets to my point, like teams in the Big Ten, they get the respect before they've actually earned it. Oklahoma State doesn't get that benefit of the doubt. And, and I don't, that's what I don't get about a team like Oklahoma State. Um, I'm a believer. Uh, I had them the other day. I've got them again this weekend against Arkansas. So I've seen them enough to know that what they do – is really tough to guard against. They are the best team in the Big 12 in transition. They are really hard to guard off the dribble. And you ask anybody, one of the hardest things to do in a game of basketball is to guard the ball one-on-one. Well, they put you in that position. Uh, They've become, I think, a really tough defensive team. And, And Mike Boynton has done a good job changing up defenses, giving different looks. That's one of the things they did against Baylor. Again, they're not going to get the respect for the game they played against Baylor because they lost, but they went toe-to-toe for 25 minutes against Baylor without Cade Cunningham and Rondell Walker. Right. So I, I really like that team. I, I'm glad you asked about them because I, I think that's a team, again, as Cade gets back and he becomes healthier and, and they can get back into that rhythm, I, I think that's another team that could, could do some really good things. Hey, man, it's great to catch up with you. Great to visit. Uh, wish we were going to see you face-to-face tonight, but understand circumstances will prevent that. But uh, have a good call this evening, and we'll talk to you again down the road. You have a good call as well. Make sure you get that final call now. <laughs> All right, get that score Yeah, down. get the score. Exactly. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> have a great day. All right, All right, All right Chris, be good, boy. Chris Patola.